Welcome to Grace this weekend. Uh, thanks for being here, and I uh, just apologize for my voice today. It's a little raspy, got a little cold. Sorry about that. And uh, while I'm at it, sorry for my voice in general. It's, it's a little nasally, so sound like my seventh grade bus driver. What are you going to do? But uh, thanks for uh, bearing with me a little bit. <clears throat> We're um, in our Christmas series, Moments of Wonder, right now, and uh, we've been really looking at uh, the concept that we as people, we as human beings walk in moments of wonder, and that really has kind of two sides of a coin, two ways to view that. And we, we said the people back in the day that were around when Jesus lived, they walked in moments of wonder as well. And we said there's moments of wonder where we're going to kind of walk in doubt and wonder and say, God, where are you? What are you doing? Are you still with me? Have you left me? Have you abandoned me? And then, of, of course, there's the flip side of that coin, God, there's moments of wonder. You're doing amazing things in my life. I'm blown away by your provision for me. And I, I just can't even fathom how good you are and how you take care of me as my God. And we said it's often going to be true that those moments of wonder are going to show up at Christmas. Right? They show up for us personally. They show up in our families. And again, they would have showed up in the lives of the people that <clears throat> first kind of saw Jesus be born and surrounded his story. And so we, we've been looking at these stories, these kind of ancient stories of Christmas, the people that would kind of show up around the nativity set, and we've been looking at how they move from a moment of wonder. God, what are you doing? Are you still with me? You just kind of blew up my life here to a moment of wonder. Uh, God, I'm so thankful that you intervened so thankful that you showed up for me. And so kind of been examining those a piece at a time. And what we looked at so far is we looked at Mary and, uh, and Joseph and what we call the Magi or the wise men. And we took a look at their stories and really watched them move from moments of wonder to moments of wonder. And we want to continue that conversation today. And I want to take a look kind of one step closer to the actual birth of Christ and the people that would interact with Jesus first outside of his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. We're going to take a look at the story of the shepherds today. This one's a ton of fun. And so I want to dive, in that, uh, dive into that with you. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there, Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> and as you're kind of turning there, uh, let me summarize it for you a little bit. So here's kind of the story and where we find ourselves and what happened with the shepherds. We're going to come back and look at it a piece of time. So what happened was uh, basically there was this massive census that went out, right? So you're going to be counting all of the people that caused everybody to have to go back to their hometown. So Mary and Joseph, Mary's super pregnant. She's making her way back to Bethlehem, the town of David. As they're journeying there, kind of make their way there, the time comes for the baby to be born. Jesus is born. There's actually no place for them to really land. So they have to land in a place where the animals would stay. Uh, oftentimes, I actually was in Israel and saw this once. So that there's often an understanding that there's like a, a barn or some place that they're going to land. Probably it was more like a cave where there would be a living area for families and then a separate room where animals would stay. There was no room to have anybody else in this cave or this area where people would be, so they had to go and land where the animals are. 
Mary and Joseph <clears throat> now have their baby. Jesus is born. They wrap him in cloths, and they actually put him in a manger. They put him in a feeding trough for animals. Fascinating. This is how the Son of God is born. This all plays out. Immediately afterwards, Luke tells us that there's some shepherds that are hanging out on a kind of a mountainside not too far away. These shepherds uh, would be both kind of the balance of incredibly bored. There's nothing to do. They're watching their sheep and their flocks. And also, on the other side, very, very alert. Right? So they would be watching their their flocks and looking out for, for kind of attackers that might come. So the shepherds are doing that. And out of nowhere, this angel appears and says, hey, I, I've got some great news for you guys. Uh, uh, David, kind of a, a king has been born in the town of David. Uh, great news. You, you need to know about this. You need to understand this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be life-changing in essence. As that angel is talking to the shepherds, this enormous crowd of angels appears. There's a bright light, and they, they just praise God like crazy. The shepherds are blown away. They immediately look at each other. All of the angels kind of go out of, out, they disappear, and then they look at each other and say, we got to go find out what just happened here. They make their way to go see Jesus. They go and have to f- kind of find out which place Jesus is sleeping. They find him eventually. Everything's exactly as the angel said it would be. There's a baby lying in a manger. They find him. Uh, they worship him. They are thrilled. They're praising God. And they tell Mary and Joseph everything that just happened to him. And they are blown away by the entire event. As we look at the story of the shepherds, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Because right here, as Jesus is born, and as this first message comes to the shepherds, automatically we get to see something that I think is profound. The thing that is mind-blowing to me is the way that Jesus would come and the people to whom this announcement would come communicates to us that this whole thing that's happening uh, is a big deal because it's for everybody. It's, It's for normal people. Jesus didn't show up and get born in a palace. All right, he didn't show up in a a perfect sanitized area. He's going to be born in a manger. He's going to lay there, right, as the son of God in the midst of animals. Fascinating to even think about. And this announcement doesn't come to the, the highest up people in society. It came to the shepherds, which is fascinating. Let me talk to you a little bit about what the shepherds were like. Here's what Luke tells us in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So the shepherds in society at this time would have been uh, despised by some, uh, would have been distrusted by many. Shepherds had a reputation for kind of being dishonest. They were often not trusted because they'd never show up at church. Shepherds worked all the time. They were constantly keeping watch on their flocks, and they had to keep an eye on them as they moved them around through the areas. And so as they were watching their flocks at night, they'd have to be on the lookout for things like wolves and lions and all kinds of animals that could attack their flock. So they're hanging out there on the hillside with their flocks, and it would have been quiet and it would have been kind of a normal night, except there's some extra people in town because of the census. 
right? As, as the shepherds are hanging out, they would have uh, felt a sense of, of that I'm alert and I'm also a little bit bored, right? I'm kind of just hanging out doing the night shift as a shepherd. So these would not be people that would be kind of the higher ups in society. These would be working class, blue collar people that would show up into the society. And this is the situation in which the angel is going to show up. Here's what Luke tells us in Luke chapter 2, verse 9. As an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I love that, right? It's complete stillness at night, right? There, there's stars out. There, there's, there's right a darkness, of course. It's nighttime. Their flocks would have been relaxed and sleeping, most likely. The shepherds would have been hanging out with each other. Someone's probably taking a nap. And then out of nowhere, bam, there's an angel that pops up. Right out of nowhere, and this glory was shining all around. This light was shining. Of course, they would be terrified by that. Can you even imagine? Right? I, I can't even imagine. I mean, we're scared by each other when we bump into each other when we're not ready. I had this happen this week. I was going to get a snack out of our snap cabinet. We have a little like pantry area. You know, it's got a door on it. And I had a spoon in my hand, and uh, I, I was opening that up to grab a bowl of cereal. And I opened that door, and my nearly six-foot son was like, bah! Right? He came out, and I nearly stabbed him with a spoon. Right? Like, just terrified me. Right? And he's a human that I raised. Like, I know that kid. He just wasn't where I expected him to be. Literally, that was the only thing. These guys have an angel show up out of nowhere in the middle of the night and there's the glory of the Lord shining all around them, probably halfway blinding them, right? If, if they probably had to change their pants, right? Let's just be honest. I mean, if you're an angel that, and, and you show up in that situation, that's absolutely terrifying. So they're terrified. And then, of course, the angel of the Lord uh, is going to say what you have to say to everybody when you show up spontaneously. He's going to lead with this. The angel says to them, do not be afraid, right? It's the first thing an angel always says because everyone's terrified when an angel shows up. Which, by the way, don't think angel, pro- probably not a nice, happy-looking, winged child. Think a soldier, a big force. That's probably what this angel looked like, if you can imagine that. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Man, I got, I've got great news for you shepherds. On a normal night, when you're just hanging out, looking for the wolves and making sure to keep your your flock safe, I want you to know everything's about to change. I've got great news. I've got great joy that you're going to have. And that phrase, good news, is the word gospel. I bring you gospel that will cause great joy. I've got good news for you. Congratulations. This massive thing is about to happen in your life, and you get to be the ones that hear about it and know about it, and you get to find out about it first. Bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. The angel goes on. 
Luke 2, 12, he says, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, as the, as the shepherds heard this, I'm not sure if they would have known all of what the angel just communicated to them, but the angel just communicated an enormous message to them, a profound message in this one little statement, this one verse here in Luke 2.11. Because what he really did is he gave us a breakdown of three different titles that would be attached to the person of Jesus, right? To this little baby that was born. Because today in the town of David, a Savior's been born to you. A Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. So for the next handful of minutes, I, I want to just break down these three different titles that are given to Jesus, right? This is this great news, this great joy that's going to come from the birth of this boy. Who is this? What does this mean? And certainly, what does it mean for us? So here's the first one. He, he says, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. What do we mean when we say Savior? When we say Savior, we're talking about the one who rescues us from our sin, right? Rescues us from our sin. He pays for our guilt and he erases our shame. This, this is your Savior, shepherds. This is your Savior, church, that, that's showing up on the scene. When you think about everything that you've ever done, right? every, every thought that was impure, every word that was harsh and biting, and, and wrong, and you knew it in your heart. Everything you did in secret and thought nobody knew about it, but you knew, and it was wrong, and you walked away feeling guilty, or maybe even shameful. All of that. I came to save you from that. To save you, to erase, erase your guilt, and deal with your shame, to make you new, right, from the inside out. I, re I remember feeling this as, as a person who grew up with no religion. No, no faith, uh, no background at all of following Jesus. But I knew in my heart that I was guilty and I felt shame for what I did. I, shall, I felt shame for my selfishness and shame for my lust and my pride. I didn't know what to do with it. I just, I just felt it. And I wouldn't have put those words on it, but it was all there. And I, I knew, I, I gotta do something with this. Why? I feel bad about myself. I feel bad about what I've done. I have guilt. I have shame. The shepherds show up. This angel shows up and says, hey, listen, this baby that's born right here, he, he's going to grow up and he's going to be the one that saves you from all of that. For every wrong thing you've ever done, every shame you've ever felt, every guilt you've ever experienced, he's going to pay for that with his life He's going to erase the parts of yourself that you feel shameful about. He's a savior. Massive deal. This little baby, go find him. He's, he's in an animal feeding trough in some cloths. He's going to be the one that pays for your sins. Go look for him, shepherds. It's fascinating. He goes on and he uses another title that we may or may not be familiar with. He, he uses the word Messiah 
or Christ. This is going to be the promised Jewish king, the one that would bring justice to Israel and ultimately to the world. And the people of Israel would have been filled to the brim with anticipation, waiting for this king. These people have been oppressed. They've been beat down. They've faced injustice. They didn't have the kind of employment opportunities that they wanted to have. They didn't have the kind of freedom that they wanted to have. They felt taken advantage of. They they felt used. But they knew that their God had promised them long, long ago that one day a Messiah would come, a king would come, the anointed one would come. And when that one came, man, it would change everything. When the Christ comes, when the Messiah comes, and then our hopes will be fulfilled. One of our dreams will be fulfilled. This is the Messiah, the Christ. And I, I want us to pick up how the angel talks about him here. He says, this baby is the Christ. I remember learning about this as an adult. I remember learning, I, I had heard the name Jesus Christ, and I thought that, I thought that Christ was Jesus' last name. It just makes sense, right? You may or may not know this. You might be like me and, and just learning the Bible for the first time, just hearing about this. So Christ is not actually Jesus' last name. Christ is a title for who Jesus is. So like we might call somebody President so-and-so, and then just kind of shorten that name down to, to President, and then we would just think of them as the President. Now, you may call that person President. So sometimes we'll do that with pastors. Sometimes people just call me Pastor they just call me that title. That's fine, right? To Jesus, Jesus became, he's born the Christ. And so he's known as Christ Jesus, President Jesus, the one promised Messiah, Jesus. And now we just call him Christ. He is that long-awaited king. He's the Messiah. He's the leader that we've all been waiting for. Here's the idea. And here's the reality of this announcement that the angels give. This angel, when he tells us, he tells the shepherds, hey, listen, uh, the Savior has been born, the Messiah has been born. Listen, the, the leader that you and I have all been waiting for, he's here. That hope that you have in government, in politics, in a political party, it's not about Republican or Democrat or Independent. Israel, it's not, it's not about getting your way and fighting against Rome. It's about this baby who is born. He is the king that we've all been waiting for. And just like Israel, you and I will long for that king to lead and to rule physically until he's, he literally shows up here once again. Our hopes are not in who gets elected or on who is elected. Our hopes are are on a baby boy wrapped in cloths laying in a manger. The Messiah. The Christ. He goes on. He says he's the Lord. He's the Messiah. He is the Lord. What we mean here is that that word is saying that this guy is not just, a, not just a good man or a good teacher. He's God. He is God himself. He's the Savior, the one that, that pays for my sins and dies for them and erases my guilt. He's the Messiah. He's the one true king that 
we all look for his leadership and can put our hope in. And he's not just those things. He's not just a good person or a good leader or a good human. He is human, but he's more than that. He's God himself. He's the Lord. He He is the one true God, the one that spoke everything into existence, and now he has become a part of the very creation that he made. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. And this God that we're talking about here, the God that the angel announced, this little baby, is going to be the God that knows you and I completely. And he knows us in all of our weird idiosyncrasies, all of our imperfections, all of our weird quirks, you know. He knows us completely because he sees all and he knows all and he actually wired and created us. Psalm 139 says he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows us like a good friend, right, that that can they can pick a gift that just matches who you are. I had this happen this week. I have some friends that, that maybe like, you know, they know that I love whiteboards. Like it's a thing for me. I love the whiteboard and I love to write lists and make notes and do the whole thing. So this friend, they kind of gave me this gift as like a joke, but kind of serious. They're like, here, Ryan, when you go to the shower, you can have aqua notes right? Waterproof whiteboard in the shower. That's awesome right there, right? That's a beautiful thing. That's somebody who knows me pretty well enough to mock me. That, that's how, I love that. That's how God is, man. This is the Lord. He knows you completely. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. That weird stuff that nobody knows about and we, we don't want to talk about. He knows our sin, of course. He knows our hopes and our dreams. He knows our weird obsessions. We're into whiteboards, right? Whatever. He knows us. He says, no matter what anybody else thinks about you, no matter how anyone else views you, I am I'm your Lord. I'm your God. I created you. I love you. And I actually want to be with you. And the message of Christmas the moment of wonder as, as the shepherds would have been digesting this in their shock and their awe and their, their very terror at having an angel show up out of nowhere and hearing this announcement, wondering what it all might mean, they would have stood in awe that a baby had been born who's my Savior and my Messiah and my Lord, God himself, is in, is in a cave over here? And he has come here to me. Not to judge me, not to condemn me, not to get rid of me, not to finally wipe me out, but because he loves me. And this is good news of great joy. It's for all the people. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. 
they hear this message and then the angels wrap up and they say this. They say, this will be a sign to you. You Find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Go look for this. The shepherds would be told. Go through and find it. Find him. Search for him, the shepherds. And they would have had to literally go through place by place, trying to find that, this baby that's lying in a manger wrapped in cloths until they would find him, until they would put it together. And as they heard that message, I'm sure on their way they would start to to walk in awe, in wonder, in questioning of how can this be so? Did you see that? Did that just happen? Did we just hallucinate? Did somebody give us drugs? Like, what's going on? Dude, this is amazing. As they walked from place to place looking for this baby, they certainly would have stood in awe and wonder that if this was real, if we find a baby lying in a manger, like the angel just told us, and this great joy that we're probably a little scared to, to believe in might be real. Isn't that what happens? After we've hoped in something, and then it got crushed, and we hoped again, and then it got crushed, and this time it's going to be different, and then it doesn't happen, don't we worry and wonder and, and get a little nervous to hope again? And, and we'll pull back and we'll say, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can put all myself out there again. I wonder as the shepherds made their way to find this baby lying in a manger, if they were wrestling in moments of wonder like that. Let's see if this is the real deal. We'll look. If it's like the angel just said it was, then maybe this is legit. Maybe our hopes are coming true. Maybe my dream, maybe great joy is available. And I'm sure they were wondering, why did he come to us? Why did this angel show up to us? How did he show up out of nowhere and not land in a place where he's talking to the scribes or the scholars or the rich or the put-together. Certainly, he could have showed up to the celebrated. And why would Jesus be born here? Why would the Christ come and be in a manger? Like a common place, even a dirty place, There's no hospital. There's no Purell. There's a manger. There's animals. As they show up and they talk to Mary and Joseph and they find baby Jesus, man, they were filled with with wonder that it was exactly as the angel said. It was exactly as this huge company of angels would 
pop out of nowhere and say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. It's happening. They would look at each other and say, it's happening. It's real. This baby, he's it. And we get to be a part of it. We get to see it. Can you imagine their adrenaline as they would have come into that scenario and seen that baby and wondered, could this be our Savior? Could this be my Savior, my Messiah? Could this be my God? They would have ringing in their ears the words of the choir of angels. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. God, you've been silent so long, they would have thought. The Bible had kind of stopped being written at this point. (laughs) God would have been silent for about 400 years. There's no new prophets. Nothing else was being added on to the story. And they would have wondered, God, are you mad at us? Have you left us? Have you forsaken us? Are you still going to make good on that promise of showing up? And is the Messiah actually coming? Is it possible that your peace is going to come to us? Or is it only your wrath? Isn't this what we wonder? God, are we okay? God, do you still love me? God, you know what I did. You know who I am, and you know where I am, and you know what I'm like. Is it really possible that we could be at peace with one another? As they show up and they find baby Jesus, that's exactly what they find. Exactly as the angel had described it. Here's what it says. They left there, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It's exactly as the angel had described it. And they would have walked out of that room in wonder. There was a cave or an inn or however, however it played out. They left there. Ready? As the first recipients of the gospel. The first, perp- first people to receive the good news that peace is possible. That, that God came to earth. That he put skin on. That he loves us. That he's never going to leave us or forsake us. It, it all showed up here and they walked away praising and glorifying God. They literally were the people experiencing the great joy that the angel had just talked about. Paul would look back at this event and the event of what happened with Christ. Here's what he would say. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. While the shepherds could not put all that together, they knew that they were going to be able to have peace with God. 
And they stood in wonder in it. Normal people. Unexceptional, quote unquote, people. Common people. Even, even despised and rejected. People that couldn't come to church. And God loved them enough to invade their every day. To blow up their life and inject truth and hope and joy and even the gospel into it. I'm positive they didn't put this all together. But here's what would happen. The path to that baby bringing you and I peace and becoming our Savior, whether they realized it or not, the path is that baby would become a man and that man would put on a cross. Right? The, the, the baby in the manger would become the man on the cross. And he would give his life that he lived perfectly and he would die innocently and he would rise victoriously and, and that would pay for our sins. And he would be our savior. And he is today as we look back to him. Peace is available because of what Jesus did from birth to cross. Because of Christmas. Started there. That Messiah would set up his kingdom, his reign here on earth, and that would be the message that he talked about. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, he would say. My, my reign starts now in the hearts and the minds and the lives of people. Oh, and, and by the way, when I die, I, I'm going to get up from the dead. I'm God. Not just a good man, not just a good teacher. I have come to be your God, your Savior, your Messiah, your very God. See, Ryan, what do we do with all this right, at Christmas? How do we move like the shepherds did from a moment of wonder, terror, doubt, fear, anguish even, to, to a moment of wonder where you walk away praising God. God, thank you. Thank you for coming to me, for, to saving me. How do we move from a moment of wonder to a moment of wonder? I think like the shepherds, you and I interact with this world as, as kind of normal people. And we walk through life in the, the mundane, in the normalcy. And we, we have fears about all kinds of things. How do you, you're going to take care of me. You're going to provide for me. You're going to have a job for me. How do I raise my kids and all the questions that we would wrestle with. And the same answers that were available to the shepherds are available to us today. At the end of the day, our fears and our doubts and our worries, they're in the context of the reality that there's a Savior. No matter what happens in this life, I become a success or I become a failure. 
My dreams happen or they don't. And my sins can be forgiven and I can be at peace with God. That's absolutely huge. No matter what happens in this life, I can look to a leader that will lead me with justice and righteousness and truth. I don't have to look to a a person here on the planet I can look up at a baby that was born that became the king of all kings. His kingdom never ends. No matter what I'm feeling, there's a God who looks at me and says, listen, I love you. I love you. I know what you did. I know what's back there in the past that you don't want to bring up. I know. I know what you feel insecure about and what you hope other people don't find out about. I am your God. I came here for you. And I want a relationship with you. And I proved it by putting skin on. Putting my boy in a manger. Putting him on a cross. So I think wherever we are today, whether you have a relationship with Christ or maybe you're investigating a faith, to see ourselves in the shepherds and to see that the boy, the baby, would become the man and that man would pay for me and become my God. He puts the offer to be my savior and my king. Whether I'm saying yes to Christ for the first time or I'm coming back to him at a time that that feels terrifying, or doubtful, or maybe just mundane. He's available to you, and he's available to me. He longs to be with us. As the band comes out, would you engage that baby and meet him there on a personal level? Would you pray with me? Father, I'm so grateful and humbled or that, that you know everything there is to know about me. That I am fully known and yet fully loved. God, thank you that that's true for all of us. That you see us and you know us and You know what we did. You know about the sin in our lives. And you still chose to come here. You came to get us, to save us, to rescue us, and to not leave us without leadership in our lives. So, Lord, like the shepherds today, we want to walk away praising you. Thanking you, God, that you love us, the poor and the broken and the normal and the fatherless and the divorced and the God, you love all, all of us. And 
we just want to say thank you today. Thank you for Jesus. Meet us here, Lord.